Welcome to Mature in Every Way, a study of James. I'm Renee Adelsberger. We're going to walk through this book verse by verse. For more from me, visit pedestriangod.com. Let's get started. James asks us a question. What good is it to say you have faith, but you don't have works? Can faith without works save you? The answer is no. Faith without works cannot save us. But don't go to the other extreme of hearing that we must work our way into heaven. That's not at all what James is teaching here. Let's keep this entire passage together and walk through it. We'll look at what James means by faith and works along the way. James gives us a practical example to help us understand. Here are verses 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. James says, What if one of your church members only has one pair of clothes and doesn't have food to eat every day? What would you do? Would you spend your own money to buy them food and clothes? Would you share your lunch with them? Or would you smile and say, Have a great afternoon, stay warm, eat well, but not do anything? James repeats the question, what good is it? The point should be clear, it isn't any good. You've done nothing to help them. You've looked at a person without a coat who is standing in the snow and said, stay warm, see you next week. How ridiculous. That's why James says that faith without works is dead. It would be like a painter who never once picked up a paintbrush or a driver who never gets behind the wheel of a car. What good is it? It doesn't make sense. You can't be a painter if you've never painted. In the same line of thought, you can't be a Christ follower if you've never followed Christ. Believers were debating each other and arguing. One would say, I have faith. Another would say, I have works. They were in conflict and felt like the two did not exist together. But faith and works are supposed to come hand in hand and work in unity together. In verse 19, James tells us that the demons believe that God is one. So saying you have faith that God exists isn't enough. A mere head knowledge doesn't get you anywhere. Demons believe God exists. They shudder at his power and authority, and yet they still do not follow through with works of obedience. That's why James gets so upset that he exclaims, senseless person. He says that faith without works is useless. This is the same word he used to describe religion when a person doesn't control his tongue. Useless. James now references Abraham, starting in verse 20. I asked you to read part of Genesis 15 in your homework because it has the story of the covenant between Abraham and God. Abraham his name hadn't been changed to Abraham yet, was in a tough spot. God had told him that he would be the father of many nations, but it didn't seem possible. Abram and his wife had not given birth to any children. However, his slave had given birth to a son. How would God's promise come true? God took Abram outside and said, 
Look at the sky and count the stars if you're able to count them. Your offspring will be that numerous. Verse 6 says, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Now that's faith. Abram, completely childless, believed that the Lord would be able to make him the father of many nations. How many stars have you seen in the sky? We live in a medium-sized city. At night, we can see quite a few stars. But I once had the opportunity to travel to Indonesia. After the sun set, we climbed aboard a canoe and we went down a river. We were in the middle of nowhere in a country that isn't developed like America. I never knew how many stars there could be in the sky. At home, I can see one here and there dotting the sky. I can pick out Orion's belt. But in a country without city lights on at night, the sky was alive with thousands and thousands of stars. They were everywhere. I could barely find a space without them. This is what Abram, soon to be Abraham, believed. That God would keep his promise even if Abram had no idea how it would happen. So only seven chapters later, in Genesis 22, when Abraham is asked to sacrifice his only son Isaac, it would be easy for him to disobey. Abraham could have tried to run and hide. He could have tried to deceive God, but he didn't. He fully obeyed God and trusted that God would supply a way to keep his promise. And God did. In Genesis 15, Abraham has faith in God. In Genesis 22, he was asked to live out his faith with works. Even Abraham, the father of God's holy nation, was required to live a life of faith and works. We might be a little less familiar with the story of Rahab. In Joshua 2, Joshua sent spies into Jericho, but the king of Jericho found out. The king commanded Rahab to trap these men and present them to the king. But she knew that they were God's men, so she hid them instead. This was a very rare circumstance that Rahab was put in, one that most of us will never experience in our life. But along with being spared from death when Joshua and his men returned to capture the city, she was also blessed. Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. She is even included in the family tree of Jesus. Matthew 1 lists her as the wife of Salmon who gave birth to Boaz. Boaz and Ruth gave birth to Abed, and Abed was the father of King David. Rahab's faithfulness brought her into a very important piece of God's family tree. James concludes chapter 2 with this sentence, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. When we walk in faith, we will grow into our works. Galatians 5, 16-26 has more explanation about this concept. Paul says that when we walk by the Spirit, we will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. So the opposite of that truth is also true. When we don't walk by the Spirit, we certainly will carry out the desires of the flesh. It's that simple. When we don't walk by the Spirit, we will fall into the works of the flesh that Paul lists in verses 19-21. through 21. Sexual immorality, 
moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. But when we walk by the Spirit, we will see growth in the works of the flesh that Paul lists in verses 22 to 26. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A big problem that the Pharisees had is that they were stuck in their head knowledge of faith. Their faith was dead because it didn't have any of the fruit of the Spirit. What's awesome about the fruit of the Spirit is that we aren't just given one or two of them. We are given all of them. They are all at work in unity and peace within us. I'm going to ask you to read Galatians 5 in your homework now during your post-podcast reflection. Plan to spend several minutes in silence before God as His Word acts as that mirror to your heart. Lord, thank you for strong examples of the faith like Abraham and Rahab that we can look up to. Help us model faith and works in our daily lives. Please show us areas where we need to change in order to be walking by the Spirit and not the flesh. We love you. Amen.